This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. And welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, September 29th, 2020. So there's only one trading day left in the month. And then, and of course, the third quarter. And then we're going to get on, we're going to move right into earnings season. Every quarter we get earnings season. And it's going to, you know, remember how we, they manipulate the numbers, they meaning the Wall Street. They will, they, they downgrade the earnings and, and then all everybody gets to be surprised when they beat earnings. Well, you've been doing this as long as I have. You never get surprised. You know that they do that. So I'm not, the earnings season will be decent. But if you compare year over year, the earnings are not going to be that good because of the COVID of being shut down. Pretty, pretty, pretty easy to see it at this point. And we're going to still continue to deal with the COVID-19 issue for and the geopolitical tensions it's produced for a long time. So we can get a full-on vaccine. People take it. We're going to see more volatility. Uh, we got an election year, president election. We got the debates tonight. It's just the market's going to. I think the market probably did what it did today, which was pretty much down a little bit, but nothing major. Waiting for the debate to be over. But I'm not sure what the market wants. What does the market want? Market meaning. When I say the market, that means the entire consciousness of all the investors and traders. That's the market. What do they want as a group? Uh, you know, do they want uh, they want Trump or they want Biden? Frankly, I think I've said both. Uh, either one will. The markets have done much better with a Democratic president than with a Republican president. It has simply as it's the simple fact. Now, there's all kinds of caveats you can put in there, but it's still fact. So we're just going to learn what to deal with volatility, and we're doing that. We have been having a very volatile year this year, and it's not going to stop. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody, and thank you for joining me in this podcast and program, and I'll do my best to give you unbiased answers to any of your financial money investment questions that you might have. So... We can talk about strategies, we can talk about 401ks, IRAs, we can talk about individual stocks, whatever you want to talk about, as long as it's financial, I'm willing to talk about it. 888-99-CHART is our number, 888-992-4278. We're live right now, and you can call right now. So the market was down today. The Dow was down 131 points, the Nasdaq down 32, and the S&P down 16. I noticed the market was kind of mixed, but pretty flat at the opening for the first half hour to hour. It just slowly got weak and weaker, and then it came back a little bit. And then it was really a nothing day as far as movement on the market. So, and as I said, I think they, people might be waiting to see how the first presidential debate turns, turns out tonight. Anyways. Um, what do you guys want to talk about? Well, I got a bunch of talking points, but today's uh, main discussion that, a point that I want to make is, is it too risky to put new money in the stocks right now? So Wells Fargo's Chris Harvey warns he's not doing it, but is it too risky? So that's going to be the main 
focus point. I got others. Uh, home prices I want to talk about. Wall Street cuts GDP expectations. And I want to talk about investment suggestions from Shaq O'Neal. <laughs> so those are the things we're going to talk about if we can get to them today. Um, why don't we go ahead and, you know, we have lots of calls. We have lots of callers that call in, leave a question. So why don't we, I have a one email of caller questions came in. So why don't we all go ahead and get right to it. Here's a call that came in earlier. Thank you, Justin. This is Jack from Oklahoma. Question for you guys about strategic education, ticker STRA. This is one I've been watching for a little bit, and I'm curious about your thoughts on, on it for a one- to three-year investment and curious about if you think this is a good entry point. It's, you know, glancing at it, uh, they seem to have pretty good debt, debt to equity, solid dividend, and they've suffered, the, the stock price has suffered a little bit here recently, but it looks like it may be about time for a turnaround. So curious about your thoughts. Thanks so much. Okay, Strategic Education Inc. provides post-secondary education programs to over 57,000 students in 19 states and Washington, D.C. It's a $2 billion company. They make, they've made money for years and years and years and years. Uh, 2019, they made $6.78. This year, I'm sorry, $6.67. This year, they're expected to make $6.78, up a couple percentage points. Next year, $6.80, so pretty close to the same. And it's a $94 stock. So it tells you right there, it's right around 14, 13, 14 PE. Five-year range is 1134, so it's on the lower end. Return equity is only 10%, so it's not really strong. Pays a 2.5% dividend. That's pretty secure. And the stock has fallen from like 180, 185 down to 94 in the last what, five months or so. So that's why he's talking about is this a good buy point because the stock has been much higher in previous times. Well, problem is in previous times it's grown a lot faster. Sales are growing only 4% last quarter. Quarter before the eight. Last year, a year ago, sales were growing 100%. And, of course, you can blame COVID on about this, right? I mean, so uh, is it a good buy point? Probably. It looks like it bounced off $90, went to 94 Now about three, about two, three, about maybe about two, three weeks ago. So, yeah, this could be a good buy point, good entry point right here if you want to buy this stock. As long as it growth picks back up, the stock will probably go up. But when that happens, when will that happen? I'm, I can't tell you. S-T-A-R is the symbol. S-T-R, I'm sorry. S-T-R-A is the symbol. S-T-R-A. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We present this program with five new shows each week, Monday through Friday. And it is broadcast and streamed live in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time. And whenever you have investment questions, I encourage you to c- contact me. Give me a call. Send me an email. You can contact me or Justin at KPP Financial. You can send us an an email anytime you want. Ask any question you want. Also, we have a huge podcast library. You can search, listen, subscribe. Please take a second to rate the InvestTop podcast. I would appreciate that. You can do it at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. It's an Invest Talk Tuesday. Steve Peasley is here today taking your calls live. 
How's your portfolio doing? Are you prepared for continuing market volatility? You've got questions, so call Investar. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen, Justin. This is Kelsey calling from Wisconsin. Had a quick question for you about SWBI, Smith & Wesson Brands. Historically, I've heard in research that gun sales do increase going into an election. And there's also some numbers that came out from the FBI today about gun sales increasing at a rapid clip. The stock did well on their last earnings report, beating estimates, beating revenue. But still, it's been beat down quite a bit. Um, I believe it's trading right now around 16, 1650 or so. Wondering if this would be a good area for an entry, maybe wait it out next couple of days and see what it does. But overall, I think it's a solid play. Just wanted to hear your guys' advice or suggestions on that. Look forward to hearing the answer, and I'm a big fan. Thanks for the show. Thanks, guys. So it's SWBI, which is Smith & Wesson Brands, uh, manufactures firearms, including revolvers, revolvers, pistols, rifles, uh, fire related, firearm-related uh, products and accessories. Uh, they've always made money. They've done very well. Uh, they don't have any really long-term growth. I will say this, because of, of uh, the violence that we've had in various parts of the country, uh, firearms have jumped dramatically. Sales, firearm sales have jumped dramatically. And Smith & Wesson, for instance, July, the most recent quarter we have is July, their sales went up 126%. But normally, their sales are fairly flat. You know, there's not, it doesn't go up, doesn't go down. They've been very consistent. Earnings is very consistent. It's going to be uh, 82 cents this year. It was 83 cents last year. And it probably will pop up in 2021 because the sales jump. It has, it, and that's one of the reasons why this always carries a pretty low PE. And they're going to make 82 cents as a $15 stock. So it's not, it, their PE range is from 5 to 24. So, and here you are, what? The, the 10 PE would be $8.20. So 15 PE is what it's selling at pretty much right now. That's kind of in the middle. I, I don't think it's a real big bargain, even though it's fallen from $22 down to 15 But, you know, at the uh, COVID low, it was under $5 a share. So that's that's what's happening. I, I don't think it's that big of a bargain. I, I, from an investment point of view, I don't I don't think I would be a buyer of Smith & Wesson. I just don't think it's worth it. Worth it. I just don't. My focus point, focus point today looks at a simple but important question. Is it too risky to put money to work right now in the stock market? And this is from Wells Fargo, Chris Harvey. He thinks it is. He has two reasons why he thinks it is. Um, one is COVID, okay? COVID, the other is the election, the presidential election. He thinks it's just, he'd rather see some resolution of both those things before he starts putting new money into work. My problem with that that assumption is markets move on anticipation of things. So uh, personally, I think he should have named a third thing, and that would be the spending package that was put on the table. And you know what one's coming. He knew what one was coming when he made the statement, but it's just when. So now it was put on the table 
today or yesterday by uh, Nancy Pelosi, and I understand that they are negotiating again. Whether they'll be successful or not, I don't know. I have my doubts until after the election. After the election, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a, a spending package. So uh, uh, he didn't mention that as a reason for his hesitation. Now, I, I he could have used other things to tell me that he thought it was not a good time. For instance, that certain using certain metrics out there, like the Schiller PE, uh, this is a pretty high-priced stock market. On the other hand, if you use uh, earnings yield, compare that with the earnings yield of the 10-year Treasury, which which is a basis that someone, some people use, the stock market is not overpriced based on that because earnings yield on 10-year Treasury is so low. You can make a better earnings yield Remember, the money's going to go where it thinks it can make the most money. Well, it can't make money at the interior treasury. You make very little, six-tenths of one percent a year. I mean, that's nothing. So you can do better in the stock market even when it's higher price. That's the theory. So he didn't mention that. So there's a lot of things. He, uh, for, for I'm, I thought he was, the article that was talking about his reasons seems to me to, to were relied on, on his reasoning. There's other things he could have brought in to, to influence him, but he just talked about the two. He said there's just two things that he's most worried about. COVID, a reigniting of more COVID cases, and uh, the presidential election. Hmm. I just don't know if I can. I do think the market, that's one of the market is overvalued, and I think that's why we're having a lot of utility. On the Nesavest talk, a story that concerns predictions from a noted monetary theorist who says the immediate market future is precarious. Wharton Professor Jeremy Siegel, he's written a number of books. That's tomorrow, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Hi, this is Jeff from Bloomington, Illinois. I've got a question on the market uh, regarding what will take place during the election. I have some friends wanting to get out of the market before the election due to the possibility of uh, Biden winning and his fiscal policy. They're concerned with it causing the market to crash. I wonder if you could comment on uh, what your recommendation is and what you're doing uh, with your clients. Thank you. I'm not, I don't think we'll react to that. Um, as I said just before the break, I think – no matter who wins, there's going to be fiscal stimulus passed. And we're talking about trillions of dollars, a couple of trillion or so. And that's going to trump anything, not President Trump, just trump any other um, any other concern out there is all this money pouring in, and that's going to boost the market. Long term, uh, the stated policies uh, by Biden and his party – might be uh, might be um, difficult for the stock market to accept, but as I said before, 
long term, Democrats' uh, presidents, the stock market with Democrats' presidents has done very well, done better than Republicans. So I don't think you want to just, well, I'm going to get out because it's going to be this president or that president based on a party affiliation. Yes, I know it's been a little bit more radical what he's been saying out there and all that. But, you know, what will happen, he'll, he'll slowly move back to the center if he is elected. And, yeah, there's concerns that he's being pushed heavily by other people. I get all that. I understand all that. But I'm just trying to be realistic. The market, the stock market, it moves by people spending money, by the Fed lowering interest rates, by fiscal stimulus uh, or the lack thereof, by low interest rates or rising interest rates. That's not going to happen. So there's a lot of things that tell me that the market could continue to rally no matter who wins. Will it be volatile? Yes. Could there be a big correction? Yes. But I don't think it's going to collapse or anything like that. I really don't. Okay, uh, let's see. I have an email question came in, uh, uh, and the question is about, uh, it was a podcast. I want to talk about uh, Dominion, Dominion. He wanted he question about utilities, and a particular stock he mentioned was Dominion, Dominion Energy. So utilities usually don't do great when the economy's starting, coming out of recession. And so these utilities, Dominion has not terrible, but it's been going sideways. But you buy it for its dividend, 4.8%. Dominion Energy engaged in power generation, electric and gas utility service in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic states. It's a $65 billion company. And, you, you know, it, June quarter sales fell 10%. Well, obviously, for obvious reasons, covid but, you know, that dividend is very secure, $9.43 cash flow at $77 stock. It's, it's one of those stocks that you buy for the dividend, and that's about it, because there's not going to be much growth in it. But right now, utility stocks have not, they do best coming, uh, coming uh, the, when the economy peaks and starts downward again. Everybody heads for some safety, and they Utilities are viewed as safer stocks to be in. So, I, I, I we don't own Dominion, so uh, I, I just don't think. I think if you could buy it for the dividend, that's fine. But don't buy it for growth. It might go up to in the low 80s. It might go into low 70s. And it's right now 77. That's about it. Now, the COVID spiked downward in March. It fell all the way to 60. But it came right back. That's just the way it is. Now, if I move quickly, I think I can answer one more caller question. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen, Justin. Uh, I wanted your opinion on Essex Property Trust, ticker symbol ESS. This REIT has been beaten down very heavily, so I'm wondering if it's a good buy. Thank you. Oh, yeah, they also are dividend risk grabs, so that's a good plus. Looking forward to hearing your response from the show. Have a good one. Thank you. Okay, that's ESS, everybody. Uh... And when he says a, a dividend aristocrat, that, that's a, a term out there for someone's paid a long-term dividend for a very long time, always increases dividend, solid dividend player. And it is. XX Property Trust. It's a REIT, real estate investment trust, that owns, acquires, develops, and manages primarily apartment communities in California and Washington. 
They make eleven dollars and seventy three cents uh, this coming year. That's the estimate. Eleven seventy four last year. Thirteen dollars a year before. So eleven dollars and seventy three cents is a hundred ninety nine dollars stock. So it's a twenty nineteen twenty PE. Uh, their range is thirteen to twenty five. So it's not cheap, not expensive. You buy it for the dividend. Just, just as simple as that. And I think it's close to the. I, I think this. I think it'll hold this price. I do. I really Okay, no matter how, which side you might root for, the big news event tonight is, of course, the presidential debate. So the market may be waiting to see who appears to be the winner. So as we go to break, here is my trivia question. Looking back in time, how was the tradition of what eventually became presidential debates first begun? And in terms of audience measurement statistics, what debate face-off had the highest ever estimated TV audience. Which one? I'll have the answer after this break, but for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call at 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So. Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K. 
K-E-R-O-N-E dot com, HackerOne dot com. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So I gave you a trivia question. Um... Looking back in time, how was the tradition of what eventually became presidential debates first begun? And in terms of audience measurement statistics, what debate face-off had the highest ever estimated TV audience count? TV audience. Okay, so you can bet that investors will be paying attention tonight, right? We know we're going to be watching the debate tonight. But here's a little bit of history. In, in the United States, the presidential debates were actually born out of a series of seven Illinois senatorial debates between Abraham Lincoln and Stephen Douglas in 1858. Now, those debates with no moderator or panel were the result of Lincoln following Douglas on the campaign trail around the state. A few days after Douglas would give a speech at a given location, Lincoln would show up and give a speech. And so Douglas eventually agreed to take the stage with Lincoln seven times or three hours each to debate moral and economic questions. And guess who won? Douglas won, not Lincoln. Douglas won that Senate seat. So there was no presidential debate in 1860, two years later. Okay. So what debate face-off had the highest ever estimated audience? In 2016, the first presidential debate between Hillary Clinton and and Donald Trump was watched by 84 million television viewers. 84 million. It was the largest audience since televised debates began back in 1960, which was 100 years after Lincoln's presidential candidacy. The Trump-Clinton viewership toppled the previous debate record at 80 million, so 84 versus 80, Set during the single 1980 debate between President Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan. So remember, 1980 was before the advent of alternative distribution methods like social media. So it's going to be interesting to see how many people watch the debate tonight. Bonus fact. The 1976 presidential debate was between Jimmy Carter and Gerald Ford. Carter won the presidency. In 1988, presidential debate was between George W. Bush and... And Michael Dukakis, Bush, Bush won the presidency. So that's kind of interesting. Okay, let's go to Vital in Atlanta. Hi, Vitaly. How you doing? Hey, Steve. Doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm looking at OXY, and I'm trying to kind of compare with XOM, uh, both petroleum companies, and trying to see which one you'd recommend. Okay, so the other one is Exxon, Exxon and this is uh, Occidental Petroleum, OXI, OXY. Engage uh, uh, Occidental Petroleum is engaged in exploration and production in, of crude oil and natural gas worldwide. It's pretty much what ExxonMobil does, but ExxonMobil is much bigger, much, much bigger. Um, 
This one uh, is, is going to lose three dollars and forty nine cents this year, a dollar thirty seven next year, and their dividend yield is less than one percent. So I think oil is a, on a very long term slide down as far as the demand, world demand for oil. I would be picking ExxonMobil simply because of the dividend. I mean, ExxonMobil, I think, is XOM. I think their dividend is like 10%, isn't it? And I think they can afford, yeah, 10.2%. And they're going to make money next year. They're going to lose 13 cents this year. And both sales of both companies are shrinking. But Exxon is much bigger, and they make enough cash flow to to be able to pay their dividends. So uh, I would much prefer ExxonMobil. Vitaly, then oh, then Occidental Petroleum. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Home prices reaccelerate to S and P Core Logic and Case Schiller for July. Now I notice how old it is. July. Here we are. We're almost in October. Uh, but for July, up four point eight percent from the previous month. Four point three percent. The 20-city composite, the Case-Shiller composite, 20-sitter, city composite, where they look at 20 cities, up 3.9% from 3.5%. And the city who was up the biggest? Phoenix, 9.2%. Next, Seattle, 7%. Next, Charlotte, North Carolina, 6%. So... That's what you got on your home prices. And, you know, you know why. We talked about it. The interest rates are so very, very, very low. So it's actually a little bit surprising to me with the economy being in such a hole. We're still in that hole. Don't think we're not. But, you know, it seems to me that that would affect the home prices. But what's more important to buyers is the price of a mortgage, you know, the interest rates on mortgage are at three and a half percent, and or three percent. You know, they're that's very, very attractive. So that's what's really driving it. Kind of interesting. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Let's move to another call. Question is time. This one is in from Minnesota, and is of course in our Invest Talk Voice Bank. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi Steve, I'm calling from Minnesota. So I've been hearing your podcast for a long time. Uh, I had a question finally about Nicola. I've been invested in Nicola for a while now. Should have thrown away when the news came out, but uh, was too uh, was too emotional on it, and now I'm hurt. I'm almost fifty percent down. I'm wondering what I should do, should do now with Nicola. Please give us an answer. Thank you. Okay, remember you don't re- you don't respond emotionally ever ever ever, and it's sometimes it's very difficult to do. Right now, you know, Nicola fell from, what, $85, $90 a share. Now it's at $17.88, and that's from June. But before that, March, the low was, you know, near 10. So it went from 10 to 90, now it's at 17. So if you're just talking from March to today, it's up 70%. See, it's always in the time frame. Nicola Corporation, everybody, manufactures battery electric and hydrogen electric vehicles, electric vehicle drivetrains and components. It's a $6.7 billion company. The CEO got, you know, got legal problems and they dismissed him and it's affected the market. The company doesn't make money. This is all momentum trading, all. 
So it's not a good value at all. It's not going to make money next year. Has never made money. It's a fairly new company. It came out on June 2018 as an IPO. And that IPO price was, you know, very low, $10 or so. So now it's telling me that this stock could go all the way down. Probably its good support is around $15. So unless it breaks $15, I probably hold it only because it is a momentum play. And the momentum changed on you simply because of the bad, we'll call it politics and bad publicity. The fundamentals of the company are still there. They should do well sales-wise. It's not a stock I would ever own. I don't buy stocks that don't make money. I don't. But if you're talking, it looks like there's support around fifteen dollars and it's seventeen eighty-eight, and it's already fallen from ninety. You might get a retracement back into the forties, and then I would, I would run. I'd sell it and get out. This remember, stocks that don't make money. It's all about momentum, and things can change in a heartbeat, and that's what happens. Why you always least, and you know, stocks that make money can do the same thing. Don't misinterpret me. They can do the exact same thing. But if it makes money, there's usually a floor. There's a reason why it should stop going down. For a company that doesn't make money, there's no reason why it just can go wherever it goes. But when you're making money or you're paying dividends, at some point, those things become very attractive because investors are looking at that. They'll be buyers because of that. Anyways. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to explore the financial and investment information we post on our website, investtalk.com, investtalk.com. That's two T's in there. You can learn about the various investment strategy opportunities we offer through KPP Financial. For example, you can check out the uh, Balanced Income Program. It's a div- it's a program where we buy put. 50% of the portfolio in a, in a bond ladder and the other 50% in high dividend paying stocks. It's less risky than the market. Might be something that you want to think about. This market is pretty risky at this point. So we have a number of strategies. Balance income is driven by income with a secondary goal of increase in value or capital appreciation. So, you know, we got other strategies. We got more risky and even a less riskier story. So if you're serious about achieving financial freedom, everybody, you'll want to reach out to me or Justin Klein at KPP Financial in Irvine, California. You can learn more right now on investtalk.com. Now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This Invest Talk, good news, Steve and Justin have recorded another Rapid Fire Hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. In this special bonus show podcast, you'll hear responses to 34 finance and investment questions. The theme of the program concerns market processes, best practices for investors, and explanations of various terms and investment opportunities. So tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Ray from Illinois calling, and I wanted to get your thoughts on Genuine Parts Company. 
G is in George, P is in Paul, C is in Charlie. Wanted to get your broader thoughts on the consumer discretionary sector and if auto parts such as GPC would be less susceptible to economic cycle trends. Thank you very much for everything you guys do. Looking forward to hearing your answer. Bye-bye. Okay, general, uh, genuine auto parts distributes auto, auto, um, auto industrial replacement parts, office products, and electronics in North America. $13.6 billion company, so it's a big cap. Uh, they make money, they made money forever and pretty consistently. Sales growth shrunk 14% in the most recent quarter. Before that, growth was kind of flat. There was no really growth. Pays a 3.3% dividend, so there's a reason why you would buy it. Has a good return on equity, 24%. Very good. Uh, has a little bit of debt, but nothing that they can't handle. And they're going to spend this year about $275 million in, in capital uh, improvements for the company. So $275 to $325 million is what their estimate is. They're going to make $5.52 next year. And it's a $94 stock. So that tells you that it's what, 17, 18 PE, and the range is 9 to 23, so it's not cheap. It got down as low as $52 during the COVID crash. Now it's at 94, got up to 103 and fell down recently. Um, for me, uh, it pays a 3.3% dividend, and that would be the reason you buy it. I wouldn't buy it here, though, because I think it's kind of expensive. I think it's a little bit overpriced. I think the value is not 94 where it's trading them, but between 75 and $85 a share. I think that's what it's really worth. Uh, so I wouldn't be a buyer at this point. Uh, I do like auto parts as a sector if you're thinking that the economy is going to kind of be weak because people fix their cars. They don't go out and buy new cars when the economy is weak. So when they fix their cars, of course, these kind of companies benefit. But <clears throat> right now, people are not acting like we're in an economic recession. They're acting like we're coming out of an economic recession. And they're spending lots of money. And they had lots of money to spend, but now that the um, the stimulus is done and we don't have another one, that might change. We'll see. 888.99 chart, Wall Street cuts G U.S. GDP expectations for the fourth quarter and the year in. Morgan Stanley uh, now says <clears throat> that the, uh, uh, the fourth quarter is going to grow 3.5%. Before, it was 9.3%. That was their estimate. But for the whole year, they think the, the economy is going to shrink 2.7% for the whole year. Uh, J.P. Morgan says fourth quarter is going to be up 2.5% GDP. Year for a full year, down 4.2%. Goldman Sachs up 3% for the fourth quarter. The full year, down 3.5%. Now, why did they downgrade? I ever want them downgraded their expectations. It was all about they thought that they would have a, another spending package be, be, by now. And we don't have it. So they're now just revising all their estimates. They're not sure we're going to have it before the year end, fourth quarter, to affect the fourth quarter, which makes sense. You know, I think they're right in that uh, we may not get it. You know, there may be a surprise and we will get it. I mean, as I said earlier in the hour, uh, Pelosi, well, I think it was yesterday or today, um, uh, uh, has another new package on the table, and they are negotiating whether anything will come of it. 
I know President Trump wants one. He said so, anyways. But we'll see if they can agree on a number. He wanted one that was smaller, and that's pretty typical. Both sides never agree on everything. You know? That's why they negotiate. Here's one more reminder that tomorrow on Invest Talk, there's going to be this story. A noted analyst says that the immediate market future is precarious. Of course, isn't that true much of the time? But he also said next year will be really good. So why does he say that? And is he right? We'll talk about that. That's tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Pisa. I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. This is Ryan from Seattle. I love the show, and I just wanted to ask your opinion on Royal Gold, RGLD. Uh, if you could let me know what you think of it, I'd appreciate it, and uh, hope to hear from you on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, from looking at it, Royal Gold RGLD, looking at it from a pure technical point of view, looking at a chart, it's hit support right around 116 or so, which is the 200-day moving average. It's at 109. The price is 119. It's bounced off that support. It's done that twice and, and once in June and now and again. Goes, it went up to 145, went back down, and now it's bouncing up again. So from a technical point of view, this would be a buy point. Royal Gold Inc., Royal Gold Inc., RGLD, owns and manages royalty interests in precious metals, mines, mainly gold and silver interests. It owns and manages royalty interests, not necessarily the mines themselves. Uh, They make money. They're going to make $3.33 this coming year. Uh, It's $119 stock, so you're talking about what, a 35, 40 PE, which is not a cheap, not cheap. So you're really buying this on your speculation of where gold will go. Gold prices rise, the stock will rise. Gold prices go down, this will go down. And it is a support, so this would be a good buy point. And if it breaks the support about 115, it breaks below 100, oh, maybe 114, then you get out because it's going to go down further. But it looks like it's, it's holding support and bouncing off, up. Uh, RGLD. Gold. Remember, now, for all you people out there that are looking for an opportunity to buy gold uh, because it was running and, you know, I got a lot of calls. So should I buy gold? Should I buy gold? Now it is corrected. Okay, it got to $2,000 an ounce. And what is it? Around $1,700, $1,800 an ounce now? Now I get very few calls about gold. This tells me you should be buying gold. That's what you should be doing. When everybody else doesn't like something and you know fundamentally that inflation's probably going to come because the government's going to spend a lot more money, therefore maybe weakening the dollar, this is gold is a place to be. But now, that, and watch, you, you watch, you pay attention, you watch the show, listen to the show. When gold goes back up to $2,000, I'm going to get all kinds of calls. Should I be buying gold? when you should be buying it now, when no one's looking. Just talking, just just saying. 
Invest talk advice from Shaq. Shaq, you know, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq. You know, uh, he is a multi, multi, multi millionaire because he's made some very good investments. But he didn't always start off that way. He is, he admits that when he first started, when he first started making money and did investments, that he lost a lot of money. And so his advice to everybody: beware of the quick money schemes. Do you, have you heard that someplace else? How about here? Don't you can't make quick money. You can make money. The stock market is a great place to make money, but if you want to get rich quick, not going to happen. Don't invest in get rich quick, quick schemes. He says every time he went into a deal where he was going to get double or triple his money, his investment, he lost the money. And I can I can uh, I can vouch that that is very very true. Anybody comes to me that says, oh, I got this sure thing. It's going to make X amount of dollars. I tune, tune, tune them out, disconnect, slam door, hang up the phone, don't answer their email. But I know it's, it's not true. It, there, there is no such thing as getting rich quick. But you can get rich, but you have to do it slow. You got to be methodical about it. You got to be patient. You got to be smart. You can't, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine's nephew who's like 30 years old, and he thinks he's going to get rich day trading. He's calling me up and giving me my opinion. First words out of my mouth, you will probably lose all your money. And then I went on to telling him about the different ways of day trading. Then I, a few weeks later, talked to his parents. His parents said that he told, I told them that it was a great, a great idea. <laughs> Not a great idea. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. I will return tomorrow. In the meantime, please tell your friends and family members that we can choose, that you can choose over 100 archived Investop podcasts. They're all free. You can do it at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, investtalk.com. And we also stream the program live each weekday on investtalk.com. Independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is Investop. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.